Hey everybody, it's your old friend John DeLuna with another awesome mini-cast. This one is inspired by the unfortunate pattern of real news breaking right after we record our big Wednesday show. So to talk about a few of those breaking news tidbits with me is XV. XV, how are you, sir? I'm pretty good. How are you doing, John? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. We're recording this on a fine Sunday evening. We'll post uh, around Tuesday as usual. XV, I want to start with what I find to be um, kind of a letdown. I don't know. <laughs> what what happened? What happened? Uh, Comic-Con Devastator, effectively a Platinum Edition Devastator. XV, when you saw that we weren't getting G2, we were getting Platinum Devastator, what was your first reaction? Relief. Oh, I know what you did there. Um, yeah, well, well, first of all, so, okay, so in kind of the odd style of the new team, the new Transformers team has stated that they, they believe people like Chrome. So they put Chrome on things, um, and they put Chrome on Devastator. So basically the purple bit, his uh, chest wing and, um, Mixmaster's drum of note, the most notable parts of him, purple Chrome. Um, and I know what you're saying, XV. This makes him much easier to pass by. But, um, but oh, and he's got a remolded face. Not a helmet, but his face. He's got two eyes. Yeah. So, so seriously, dude, what's going on? What do, you, what do you think their thoughts are behind doing a Platinum Devastator instead of kind of arguably the obvious choice of G2? You know, I've talked to a few people since this was revealed. And uh, basically, I've heard some good points on this. Like, if you think back to Metroplex and Bruticus in their years, you know, Bruticus was a deco tweak to the video game style, but it wasn't, like, massively different from the retail version. And it wasn't, like, the retail version was itself arguably a video game piece. Um, And so it was just variations within that theme. Metroplex had some chrome added to it and came with a little, like, pseudo decoy figures mm-hmm. to distinguish it so, so devastator is actually like right in line with that philosophy he does follow that pattern now that you kind of lay it out that's which is kind of unfortunate but but here's 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 a question i have so when i so when i saw this yes kind of like uh, putting the chrome aside there is a place for a devastator with extensive paint apps in this world no doubt and if you're if you're not dead set against chrome sure He's, you know, uh, he's a good idea, I guess, uh, I guess, to a lot of people. But do you think this has any, um, uh, if, if this is kind of a tipping of the hat, that we will get a G2 Devastator at some point, but it will be a wider form of release? I hope so. I mean, that's pretty much the best answer I can give you on that. I hope so, because, I mean, we have to think back to Metroplex again, because that's the most comparable. It's going to be the same price, more or less. Uh, you know, adjusting for inflation over the last couple of years. Because, um, I mean, look at where deluxes are now versus uh, 2012. Like, Metroplex didn't get a recolor at all. Yeah, it's true. E- even as an exclusive, like, you know, it got the, again, the slight deco tweak, and I think the extra gun for the Comic-Con version, um, which is actually more than this Devastator's getting, unless you equate an altered face sculpt to a second main weapon. But, um, you know, at this price point, we haven't had a history of purpose-driven recolors for it, even as online retail exclusives. Now, given that Metroplex, the only real 
established option for that would be Metro Titan, which is an obscure Japanese thing to start with. That may have been a factor against Metroplex specifically being a recolor, whereas Devastator has um, two options in G2, and one of those, which admittedly is the one I prefer less, has like a grounding in what real-world construction equipment looks like now. Uh, you know, the, the yellow version versus the orange. Um, obviously, I'd prefer the orange version for anybody who knows me, but just based on that there is this thing, and G2, much as I hate to say it, is a little bit on the obscure side, just in the grand scheme of things. But with that real-world connection, it's something that could still have a push to it. That's true. And we do have uh, a strong hint or a strong idea that we are going to get a G2 aerial bot set right at some point so g2 is at least in the uh in the pipeline in some form mm-hmm. so so there's some hope there i uh, kind of a follow-up to that question though do you think because of his price point stuff like this like recolors and reissues it, it kind of works against him the novel the novelty of titan class works against it when it comes to multiple releases yeah i think that's definitely a factor that's probably at work and like at you know, we've been in the fandom for a long time. We've had the we've had the um, advantage of learning about the process that goes into making Transformers in bits and pieces over the years. So, you know, like the conventional wisdom that's been accumulated is, you know, they make a toy, then they recolor it because they need to sell it again to get as much back as possible out of the investment of tooling the molds. But we've also heard in some situations just having a foreign market release can be enough to recoup that where you don't get a domestic release but in one case you don't get a domestic release at all because selling in japan got enough of the investment in the mold back to cover it uh that was with the uh tank scout class frenzy and rumble mold but like you know normally yeah we associate there's gonna be a recolor of this because that's just how it works that's that's what's done metroplex didn't metroplex came out in like two or three convention exclusive flavors and of course you know takara's own release which was um not dissimilar from the comic-con one to be honest but it still was generally the same thing and you know we have not heard anything out of the metroplex mold since then presumably they don't feel the need to run it again and try to sell it again to get more money back out of it they they satisfied their margin on that and Devastator may end up being the same thing is that, you know, they designed it with it in mind that it's only going to sell in this market one time. I can certainly see that kind of stepping back, putting emotion aside or even just like mm-hmm. assumption aside. Right. Um, speaking of toys that only live overseas. <laughs> so the the rumors were true, or at least maybe the um, the what ifs. Yes, the speculations. The what ifs. Are they really going to do this? They are really going to do this. Takara is going to release a deluxe size groove within their Defensor gift set. Um, started with the silhouettes. Now we have um, uh, resin, I would assume, or one color prototype pictures. I'm sure a full color shot isn't far behind. Mm. Um, well, he sure is uh, afterburner someday when we look at him. And uh, <laughs> he's groove two today. So. So actually, what were your thoughts when we uh, when we got confirmation that yeah they're going to do this? Were you surprised, or or is this really just kind of something like Takara has been so like diehard G one stated on the record for Combiner Wars? Was this a surprise or not really for you? 
like up until that point, it really felt like, you know, yeah, we know that they're almost confused in a way by the way Hasbro is approaching the combiners because they're not making them as G1 accurate as absolutely possible. And, you know, so that's how that's why we have the toolings for um, Wild Rider and Slingshot's heads in the first place, because that had to be something Takara insisted on putting on those molds just so they could make the toys they wanted to. But it was really a toss up if they would go as far as making their own original mold compatible with the system. And, yeah, they were willing to take that step and actually go that far to make their perfect defensor. I think it works. Like I said, I, I think I think this is also clearly a future Technobot, which also helps Takara because this isn't kind of a one-off for them. It, it's 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 basically they're taking the first step using this chassis that we'll we'll definitely see again. I um I like it. I, I know we've talked about before, uh, and I've I've heard discussion before that he does have elements with him that would make it really difficult to sell him at least at a brick and mortar under the current price point for deluxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's there's a clear plastic tree on the mold, which no other Combiner Wars toy has. He has two small weapons, and at least with the prototype picture, there's not a unique hand-foot weapon associated with him. In the pictures um, of Defense Order Combined, he's actually using a rerun of the Alpha Bravo slash Blades piece with the uh, dual miniguns. That's interesting. So, that, so it's possible, or I guess likely, if the pictures are... are accurate that he's going to have uh, two sets of the same hand foot thing which is consistent with superion and menasaur and uh takara's releases as well they're making him they're making them matched per uh what the hands and feet are yeah that's true uh, i didn't really think about that just because because again they are including the quote-unquote g1 guys to make it as g1 as possible it's an interesting it's an interesting turn of events what, what it says to me is truly Takara will do anything to make these sets as G1 as possible. Nothing is off the table. You know what's sad, though? It means there's not going to be, like, a Takara updecoed version of Rook, probably. That's true. Uh, yeah, that's true. I guess they're going to leave that mold for dead. Uh, it's going to become something that they import. Uh, I'm sure that Asian collectors will, will desire um, from us. I would be interested to see, actually, if Takara ends up doing, like, USA editions of Off-Road and Rook and, like, Alpha Bravo. Just because they're there and they're available and, you know, it's more it's more they can make without having to really put any effort into it. Like, they could just, you know, not even increase the... They couldn't even... They could make it where they're the same decos and not even add any paint to them. Just release them there as bonus figures. Um... But what you're saying, what you said before about uh, like Afterburner in the making, you're probably right on with that. Because if you think about the last mold that Takara developed themselves for a line that was shared between markets, um, which was Arms Micron Breakdown, uh, mm-hmm. most distinctly, um, that was used over there three separate times, which mm-hmm. is really unusual for Takara's activities because um, you got, you know, Breakdown, it was Swerve, and then it was the Silas Breakdown, and those all came out within a year. Yeah, they definitely got their money out of that mold, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, that kind of goes back to the Devastator thing, too. Like, they have to plan for those reuses, and when you see that happen, it really makes it clear, you know, this is initiated by this side of the ocean. So I wouldn't be surprised if... Um, it's not too long before we see the next application of this mold. Yeah, I agree. You know, and that, that kind of reminds me of the 
rapid, rapid pace I feel like Combiner Wars is going at. It feels like they've been going at 100 miles an hour since the, sto- since the toys first started to hit. Yeah, they really have. It's just constant. And um, kind of going along with, the, with this idea of like, nev- like not even taking a breath. Um, we already have what looks like the silhouette, while we're talking Combiner Wars, of what apparently is the next gift set from Takara, which is Ultra Prime Optimus Maximus, the 1984 set. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually not surprised that they're going to do this, just because it seems like that wave is tailor-made for a gift set, just because there is a theme. There's a theme to it. So so I can see this as a gift set, and and... If Takara is feeling good about the prospects of this being kind of a financial hit overseas, um, why pass over a, a whole wave? Well, and that's kind of the, that's kind of the question too, because like um, Unite Warriors Defensor right now, as far as we can tell, is just an exclusive to the Takara Tomi Mall online store. Like it's not it's not going to the normal retailers. Mm, interesting. Um, and you know, so if, like a wave with, well, three or a unique molds to it in their case, uh, you know, if that's going straight to a mail away exclusive, uh, model, it makes me wonder exactly how, uh, ultra prime is going to be approached where that is a straight up recolor wave. Do you think that it's, it may follow the same kind of idea, a limited or exclusive release? Yeah. I mean, I can't see how it wouldn't. And like, to me, it seems like Defensor probably should have still been normal retail, and this should have been, you know, what kicks off a set going to uh, specific mail order. And especially with, especially, you know, they made a, they made a mold from the ground up to go with Defensor, mm-hmm. and you know, they're selling it based on pre-order numbers. They're going to manufacture most likely however many go into that. There may be a Hasbro Asia release of this too. Uh, that's that's happened with a few things that go through Takara Tomi Mall. And, you know, if that's the case, that's going to be another situation where, you know, secondary market gets some of the mold costs back for them. But it still seems really weird to throw a new mold straight to online exclusive. It is really weird. Um, it's going to be if that if that holds and the only the only place in history, quote unquote, that that Groove 2 Deluxe Groove ever lived was in a limited edition Japanese gift set. Um, that'll be a sought after toy to say the least. I've pre-ordered my set already. Yeah, so have I. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not afraid to admit it. After after all of us like mocked for for weeks, months, maybe like how how crazy would it be to do a motorcycle limb again? That's so. That's so 1987, whatnot. And then we all pre-ordered the gift set. I mean, well, I had I had no specific quarrel with the idea of Groove being a deluxe, but it was it was going against what the Hasbro Combiner Wars line was shaping into. I want to note too, um, this Ultra Prime set will be the first uh, use of the off-road mold in its original form by Takara. Ah, interesting. Because you know they're getting first aid, which is a retool, of course, but the the original pickup truck form. Uh, that will be an original, like to them, the first use will be Ironhide. I'm actually interested in see see their take on those four characters, provided that you assume that they're going to go as G1 as possible, mm-hmm. and that Hasbro may have a slight departure from those color schemes in, in their takes. Um, real quick, I know since you've mused about it on Twitter, um, that you do have Hotspot in yeah. your hands. So, quick take on Hotspot. It's one of the finest Transformers toys I've ever handled. 
Wow, there you have it, folks. <laughs> there you have it. I do really enjoy him. I think he's. I think he's excellent. Um, like and, he's the peak of the Combiner Wars line right now. Yeah, so far. I think I personally think I like. I still like Silverbolt's torso mode better, but yeah, it is. It is just a little bit the the just. Like the the limb connections are all a little bit better than, and the posability it's all a little bit better than uh, the defense or torso. But like hotspot, as we've gotten into combiner wars a little more, we're getting more toys that just stand on their own, and the combining aspect is really feeling secondary to them. Mm-hmm. Like they still do it well enough, but like they're more focused as figures that can combine rather than combining toys that also happen to be decent figures. Like a lot of the first wave really was and hotspot really embodies this principle where it is such a good standalone toy that you could glue those combiner ports shut and just release this as its own thing at any point in the future. Yeah, I agree. I, and I think, I think this goes back to, Something I've said in past episodes that just by nature of kind of the the very high level plan of Combiner Wars of we're going to take these toys and we're going to actually reuse them, reuse the chassis or the skeletons as much as mm-hmm. possible, get so much out of far less than we have previously. That required a lot of planning and refinement at the front, and we kind of see the fruits of that labor as these. Um, as these toys started at such a high level because they had to, and they've only gotten better and they've only been refined as we go mm-hmm. because even hotspot, he's got elements of motor master in his legs. He's got, you know, he's got all the posability that you've, we've come to expect from this line. He's got, you kind of see where they, they find good ideas and they, he's actually got more posability than we've come to expect from this line. I mean, yes. he's the most posable. He's the the most posable Combiner Wars figure. Yes. And, you know, you make a really good point, too. Like, because they're planning to squeeze so much out of these, not only did they have to start them at a really high point, but the foreknowledge that the underlying designs were going to be reused again and again really had to have worked in the favor of these. They could be designed beyond what they might have been if they were only planned for maybe one or two uses each um think back to the second well think back to the uh like first half of the fall of cybertron generations series Mm -hmm. the first three toys and the bruticus wave like they were all okay i guess um but then when you got to the third assortment which had uh the fall of cybertron starscream mold you know, it's a new seeker mold. They knew going into that 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 was going to get reused again and again and again. And you can see how much more it is compared to all the other toys around it because they built in for that. They, you know, they plan to um, dole out the cost that went into that over several releases over the course of, you know, two, maybe even three years just because they knew it was there to do that with. And while we're seeing it happen on a much more compressed time scale, I feel like that's a lot of what's going into Combiner Wars, too. We're getting these amazing toys that are really beyond what they should be at this at, in this time with um, the budgeting as tight as it is with the toy costs rising the way they are. You know, to, for these to be selling generally at $15, these are really high-level toys for the time we're in. Combiner Wars is just really amazing overall because of the reuse they've built into this, and that's another way that it shows. I, it, I'm... On an engineering level, this is one of the lines I've been the most impressed with ever. Yeah, I think this is a great 
kind of like counterpunch to all the external factors that Hasbro Hasbro's kind of mentioned that they've been squeezed by recently. So basically, basically budgets, shrinking budgets, growing production costs, the rising cost in oil for transportation, all that stuff <laughs> forced them to kind of rethink how they do things. And the result is toys that are as good as we've gotten in years. Last thing, XB, for the show. <laughs> Platinum Trypticon is a thing that is going to happen in the near future, and we actually have picks. So, uh, is there a market for this? Who asked? Did I miss the memo when somebody <laughs> asked for demanded Platinum Trypticon? What are your thoughts on him? The interesting thing about this is, as far as I'm aware, Takara hasn't done this yet. Hasbro is getting to market with a reissue G1 toy first. Now, I would not be at all surprised to see, you know, within the next year, an Encore Trypticon pop mm-hmm. up somewhere mm-hmm. but like no it's really interesting that this is a hasbro originated a hasbro first release for a g1 reissue because in the past traditionally hasbro just ports over whatever takara is doing because then takara is putting most of the money into it last i heard there was listings uh in the like 150 dollar range and it mm-hmm. seems to me you know i'm not like a big vintage person so i don't really follow the pricing that closely but it seems to me for you know what's effectively a mint condition working complete triptychon 150 dollars is not a bad price no, and this one's brand new, and it's got paint apps, not stickers. <laughs> Presumably. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Stickers have become like a thing. They've come back in vogue, which I, there's charm to stickers to a point. To a point, yes. Yes, to a point. That point stops uh, before I get to $150. Yeah, because, um, you know, Roadbuster and World came with fairly comprehensive sticker sheets. That was all optional stuff. You didn't need any of that to complete the look of the toy. Uh, Megatron came with a few stickers that ended up being functionally useless because of reasons. Um, but, yeah, I mean, stickers are being a little bit of a thing, and I think it's still, in the main line, it's still a fairly experimental thing. Mm-hmm. Um you know, for the reissue stuff, it's probably going to feel more accepted because these are toys that came with stickers, and that's just kind of how it still is. Uh, you know, a, a very few Takara G1 reissues replaced stickers with some painted detail, uh, especially in, like, difficult to work with areas like the eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I don't think I don't think the G1 reissues Hasbro has done ever made that leap. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, it is worth noting that uh, this Trypticon packaging for Platinum Trypticon kind of follows the the design that we've seen for the uh, the first uh, the first gifts that we've seen for Superion that's coming out from Takara. So it's basically a giant window box. It's got a it's got a nice piece of art on the front, mm-hmm. and that basically flips up to reveal a full window almost uh, from end to end of the entire box. So. It, it's cool. I mean, it's pretty. I, I like it. Uh, here's a wild. Here's a wild guess. Wild speculation. Tell me if I'm crazy. XV. Did they pick Trypticon because this is the year Jurassic Park comes out? Probably not. <laughs> I'm crazy. I'm just saying. Marketing guy. I'm just thinking of like some guy in a suit who has no like attachment or knowledge of any of these toy lines, and he just walks in and says, "Guys, it's a dinosaur year. We got any dinosaurs like in the closet? Any?" <laughs> And uh, we do. We have one. Well, actually, you know what? On that note, this should have been the year that they uh, they did the uh, Dinobot set at San Diego Comic Con and done it in like Jurassic Park colors. Ooh, <laughs> that would be like really sticking it to Jurassic Park, I guess. That would be. Well, isn't Jurassic Park a Hasbro? 
Yeah, they'd be sticking it to themselves. They can do it. Maybe well, it's I mean, infighting. Sticking it, sticking it to yourself in terms of different teams infighting is more of a Bandai thing. And that's fair. You know. <laughs> you would you would know, sir. You would know. Oh, um, yeah, I, I, I've heard things. I'm sure many things. <laughs> hey, uh, XV, this was a really fun, quick hit minicast. Thank you for yeah. joining me, as always. Good times, man. Good times. Great times. Great times. And before we go... Everybody, I want to remind you that, uh, first of all, hope you guys had a, a good Memorial Day and enjoyed an extended weekend. I hope you got an extended weekend. Second, this show and every show on the TF Radio Network is sponsored by you. That is, if you go to tfradio.net, click the Amazon link that's on the right side of your screen, and just do your regular Amazon shopping. Don't buy anything extra. Don't buy anything different. And when you check out, a couple of nickels and dimes go into Brian Kilby's pocket. He keeps the lights on, which keeps this podcast going out, which keeps giving you fine listeners content. And we wouldn't be here without you fine listeners. So go to tfradio.net, click the Amazon link, and thank you for your support. So for XV, this is John DeLuna, and we will see you on the next RFC minicast. 